Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castaneri-King, and today we've got Margaret Sheldon. Welcome back, Margaret. Welcome back from a trip. I'm so jealous. Tell us where you went. Oh, well, let's let's be clear. I didn't get anywhere near an airplane. I didn't get anywhere near the airport. <laughs> what I did was I walked out my front door yeah. into a car loaded with my husband, my dog, and some firewood, <laughs> and we then drive. We drove for an hour and a half. Uh, I will admit, got a coffee on the way, and then we basically take three ferries, a ferry to a ferry to a ferry, and end up on the eastern tip of Long Island. It's great. I mean, we're in the car for five hours. Oh, my gosh. The beauty of it is we're not driving. Um, And by the time, you know, we have to do the little drive, uh, you know, we end up in Sag Harbor, which is a lovely town, by the way. Great galleries, if anybody's ever out that way. I particularly like the Grinning Gallery, but um, not, not that I was able to enjoy it this time because, you know, I'm neurotic and I won't go anywhere until I'm vaccinated. But we had a lovely weekend. It was a beautiful weekend. You kind of yeah. appreciate getting out of New England a little bit. And um, yeah, so we did get away. It is true. But we Wonderful. stayed at their house. Really, it's You're almost as if a time warp. Yeah, you know? I'm jealous because you saw one of your children, which is... I did. I did. Well, remember, there's plenty I haven't seen. And um, you know what was nice is I said, oh, I can't believe I forgot to bring, you know, some paints. And didn't that sweetheart whip out a plastic storage bin and she had pads of watercolor paper and a oh. nice set of watercolors. And yeah, it was like, I thought, <laughs> I thought I did a good job with her. <laughs> Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah, so we played around a little bit. That was great. But, you know, it's a different life. Every morning, you know, we take the dog for a walk on the beach. You don't, well, this time of year, you don't really see a soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it was a nice break. We haven't been out of this house. We haven't gone anywhere for a year. So that was sort of sweet. And it was fast, but, and I will say it was good to get home. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm turning over a new leaf, not that anyone should care, but I've decided I'm going to try, see how it works for me, getting into my studio early in the morning. Ah. Because if I lose the morning, yeah. you know, I know, it's just different. My husband laughs. I say, you know, if, we, if I putz around in the morning and I, you know, maybe do a little cleaning, do my yoga, do my shower, then he's like, let's go for a walk. We go for a walk. And if it get back and you eat lunch and it's 1231. I'm like, oh my God, the day's gone. <laughs> what's for dinner? <laughs> In our house, that would be the, oh, so what's for dinner tonight? Who's going to cook? What do we need? Yeah. It's time terrible. just evaporates. So we're, I'm going to try it. I think, it's, you know, the light looks like springtime now. And so it makes mm-hmm. me feel a little more energetic in the morning that I want to get out there and, and get it 
done. So yeah, that it's all good. Curtailing the evening activities. So For, well, what activities? Right. Oh, I thought you were like a night painter. I thought you liked to uh, burn the candle there. I like to paint in my house at night. Okay. I never paint in my studio in town at night, just because I think I'm turning into a homebody sort of. I don't know. <laughs> um, the truth is, if I've put in six hours of you know concentrated painting i am pretty spent if it goes beyond that i really am in some sort of zone and i think everybody should be worried (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's the way i operate six hours of concentration i feel more than ready to take a break so it's good to come home no my problem at night has been this year of netflix ah gotcha yeah. I'm kind of glad I've run out of things to watch. There so, you go. That's good. So now I'm just prepping for, you know, whatever the summer's going to be, this, even the spring. Um, doing a lot more outdoor painting. What about you? Do you do you plein air paint a lot? I try to, especially living in these small court quarters here. And uh, yes, bottom line, yes. Even in February, I did a couple paintings down at Rye Beach. And I kept jumping back in my car. But it was fabulous. I just I loved it. And now being so close to the beach, I'll be down there all the time. I, I'll, That's I'll great. But um, so our topic today, I'm really excited because you're doing, you are doing this portfolio review coming up at the Cambridge Art association and um i actually remember you chatting with leslie about this on one of the shows but i want to know more and i want to know the how the why i want to know everything like yeah um, this sounds like a really big thing and maybe you could help me understand you know at what level in someone's career should they do it should they do it as a emerging beginner or should they wait till they're further on i mean what is is i think it it depends on um how hmm, there's boy i could really go far and wide on this one i'm just thinking three ideas just like slammed into my very tired brain the first thing i would say is i personally think uh good feedback it's almost beyond value if you're trying to build right if you're if you're you know trying to figure your way there's a couple of things (laughs) I hate to sound like I'm on a soapbox because I guess full disclosure, I struggle to apply these rules to my own life, just like I think we all do. But I kind of believe that, you know, everyone wants to be a better painter and there's a lot of ways to do that. Probably the most important thing is to paint more because you can waste a whole lot of time running around talking about it when you should just be putting a brush onto Uh the canvas. Um, So, so, you know, that's having that be sort of the premise. If you really want to improve, paint more, paint different, paint big. And by big, I don't just mean the size of your canvas, but paint different subjects, paint different styles, figure out. It's like handwriting. Yeah. You have to write a lot until you have your own handwriting. And with paint, it's the same. I mean, we all, who wants to copy someone else? Now, you get to a point where you can get stuck. I, you know, like a good metaphor for me is, well, you can go out and kind of take a golf club and try to hit a little ball and figure it out. But I always think, why learn bad habits? Like, if you really want to learn how to do something, have someone show you. Yeah. Or like, in this case, have someone give you some guidance. Okay. You know, we don't have the, a lot of us who are done with school, we don't have the ability to be around professors or take a new 
a new class or I guess some people do workshops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Most of us are, are sort of done with formal education, but one of the most valuable things you get when you're in school is somebody who's watching you work and watching your work develop over a course of time who can guide you, right? And if you value their opinion, I'm assuming you wouldn't be there if you didn't, you know, you kind of take that and you integrate it into your work. And that's sort of how you develop Mm -hmm. to who you are as a painter. We don't have that. I mean, who are you going to ask? Your friends? Chances are they're probably at the same level you are if they're into art. Um, So you've kind of got to look beyond. Can anybody really critique themselves? That's hard. I mean, yeah. you know when it's a good painting, but I don't think we all know when it's a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we don't know what it's going to take to improve that painting. <clears throat> so for me, being able to choose from something like this, and, and Cambridge Art is not the only one that does it. It just happens to be the place where, you know, I'm a member and I participate and I do it. Yeah. But having the ability to look at a list of professionals and choose, you know, one, two, or three of them to give you sort of um, focused feedback. And remember, it's not, they don't just come in to a portfolio review. They don't come in and say, let me see everything you've got and just sort of free ball it. What they do is they get a sense of what it is you're looking for. And, you know, that it, it's kind of nice. The preparing for someone to look at your work right. can be a very educational thing. Sure. <laughs> because you decide what you're going to show, and that says a lot about where you are as a painter. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose if you were just a hobbyist, you might do it and just get technical feedback if you chose other painters or, or, you know, maybe a gallerist or two. But, you know, I'll tell you a story. The first time I ever did this, I was, I was a nervous wreck, excited, but nervous. Uh And I made, I made some rookie mistakes. You know, I had decided what work I was going to show. I kind of jumped onto my website and curated it a bit, always overdue in my world. But I uh, and then at the last minute I thought oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bring these along, and I kind of played out the scenario in my head where I thought, you know, I'm gonna show this series of paintings, this body of work, but I'm gonna bring these. Maybe they were prints or drawings or something I had done, and I thought, wouldn't it be funny if that's what the reviewer finds? more interesting. Big mistake, rookie mistake. You don't just throw in anything because you really do have to decide how you're presenting yourself, I think. And the, the worst thing you can do is to either paint the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know, if, if you're doing nothing but painting bowls of peaches on a tablecloth, yeah, we can talk a lot about peaches, but you're going to run out of conversation. And I would say if I were the reviewer, I'd probably tell you, why don't you try and paint something besides peaches? We know you can do that. Like, mm-hmm. what else you got? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got to curate it. Exactly. Okay. And then the other thing is, you know, throwing different things in there that maybe aren't part of, of that series that you're trying to get feedback on. Mm-hmm. That 
can just make you look unfocused. And I realized that's exactly what it did to me. Do you know when showing someone that not only do you have the kitchen sink in your studio, but that you've painted it, it's kind of, um, I don't want to call it sophomoric, but it's a naive artist's move. Um, So, you know, a lot of, yeah. You mentioned the website. So this is, they're sort of, maybe, are they reviewing you, um, like your whole kind of, the whole brand you're presenting? Is you mean your own website? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, all right, now we're going to take a step back, which yeah. is to say your website is where people go to look at your work, right? If someone maybe, it could be, you know, someone's at a party and they find out that Laura, who is so-and-so's friend, is a painter and they have no idea. And they may talk to you about it. They may not, but they may go home and look at your website. Right. You got to think about what that looks like. Um, I would wave my hand highest of all if we wanted to talk about people who have ignored their website too long. It's <laughs> on my list um, of things I have to do. But, uh, you know, to, we all keep the old stuff on there too long. I mean, presumably, if you keep painting, you're a better painter today than you were five years ago. So, guess what? Sure. Get that old stuff off there. Curate what you're showing the world. <clears throat> In my opinion, if someone is really keen on your work, like let's say, Laura, you did a portfolio review and one of your reviewers that you had selected is a gallerist and it's a gallery that you just love. It's in your you know, dreams to be represented by this gallery. Yeah. Well, if the gallerist looks at whatever it is you've chosen to show mm-hmm. and is really interested, they might say, can I come to your studio for a visit? And then out of the corner of their eye, they're going to see all that other stuff. Yeah. Believe me, if you happen to have this unsung talent for doing phenomenal, you know, woodcut prints, when they come to your studio, they can open a drawer or see those on the wall in the corner. I don't feel like you need to think of it as just one shot, but I do think showing something of value. Um, it, the purpose of a portfolio review should not be to seek representation. Okay. Right. But I am a firm believer in serendipity. And if you happen to have the kind of work and you're looking for feedback on it, and the person reviewing you happens to have a gallery, they're always looking for artists. So it, it can happen. I'm not saying it can't. But this is, we live in a world where it's all about networking and it's all about, mm-hmm. you know, growing and hearing things that you might not have heard, new opportunities. That's something I've gotten out of. I've kind of done a couple of these portfolio reviews now, and I've always come away with resources that I did not know existed. Mm-hmm. Someone who will say, oh, you should look at so-and-so's work, um, or, you know, what you need to do is uh, similar to, and they will tell you who to look at, or they'll, I mean, you know, we all love making connections. And if someone's reviewing your work and you're saying, I really want to figure out, you know, first of all, is it good enough to be in okay, wherever. Yeah. So I mean, and then give you the kind of feedback that, that they might say, you know, gee, you're really lacking in this area. Maybe you should. 100%. Okay, so they're, they're, okay. 
I had, I think his name was Brian Hone. I'm not exactly sure. But I had a substitution probably two years ago. I had done a portfolio review. One person couldn't make it at the last minute. And they asked me, you know, well, we've got so-and-so stepping in this fellow. Would I be willing to do a review with him instead? What do I care? Sure. I always think, you, you know, let's just go with it. Yeah. And, you know, he works at the Gardner. I think he was in charge of uh, maybe their, some residencies in there, some sort of internal programming. It wasn't really dead on applicable to me in any clear way. After looking at my work, he said to me, I think you need to step away. And I thought, what? And he goes, no, no, just step away from your medium for a short time, let yourself try something else and then come back. Because he was sort of thinking, I actually did too. I started doing some printmaking then because I thought, okay, well, I've always liked printmaking. Let's see what that does. And it forces you to think in a different way, like consider, right? Consider your tools in a new way. It's a more immediate um Listen, I think printmakers have the most fun of all. They do all this work, then it's all hidden under blankets and into presses and things, and then the paper's peeled off, and it's like this, you know, remarkable explosion of something you've made, and it goes from being invisible to visible. It's phenomenal. So I did that, and I think it was exactly the right advice for me at that moment. Nice. It nice. changed the way I thought about saw things. So, so you can choose your there was he was a fill-in, but you can go on and decide who, you know, if you want to Yeah. You know, there's nothing I like more than going to someone who thinks I want something from them. For instance, someone who owns like a gallery that I would love. <laughs> Of course, I did that my first review, and uh, but I walked in and I said they were. They always ask, "Well, what are you looking to get from this?" Yeah. And I said, "You know what? I don't want a thing from you except your opinion. I don't want to. I'm not ready to be in anybody's gallery. I'm not hoping to get published in you know art news. I'm not. You know, I was like, Mm-mm, no. I just want to know what you think. Like, am I going in the right direction? Where do you think you know I should change things up? What I just wanted feedback, and I felt like that's the purest." ask. Okay. Nope. I don't want you to bring me into your gallery. I don't want me to introduce you. You know, I don't want you to introduce me to anybody else. I really just want your opinion. So you and think all those questions through that they potentially will ask, like, what are you in here to, to get? <laughs> you better know. I think for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought about it and I thought, you know, you have to do the work, like make sure your website doesn't look terrible. Although I do believe I found this even talking to folks, everyone goes to your website, yes. But now faster and more common is they look at your Instagram. Your Instagram ah. is huge. And in fact, if an artist said, I don't have a website, I only use Instagram, that would be fine with just about anybody because they can look at it in an instant. Yeah. And they can also see a snapshot of everything you do. Is it too similar? Is it, you know? Yeah. And are they it, looking at that during the review or have they looked at they, it ahead of time? Very good question. They do it ahead of time. Ah, okay. And I would say both because uh, you should be prepared for them to look at it during your talk if they want to ask a specific question. But 
Absolutely, they prepare ahead. They are given your information or your your website. And yeah, and every time I've done it, they will have said, I remember the first one I had, she came in and she said two things. She said, do you want a harsh interview or do you want a soft interview? Oh, wow. Feedback. What do you want? (laughs) And I kind of looked at her and I said, well, I want you to be truthful, but let's not crush my spirit. (laughs) I thought, "Mm." Um, and that's exactly what she did. She didn't, you know, Wow. Well, that's... But she was truthful. And I figure, you know, it's got to hurt a little if it's going to result right. in growth. Right. But she also said, well, I looked at your website and and I thought, oh, you did. And that was the first inkling I had that they really did. And then I realized everyone does. They're given the list. They go through the work because it makes it more meaningful for them, they, you know, they're more, and nobody's getting blindsided. With, uh, is it more than one person? You're seeing more than yeah. Well, you can do, now this is just the way Cambridge does it, but okay. you can do, um, I think you can do up to three. Okay. And, you know, it's, not, I think it's, there's a member and a non-member price. It seems to me it's about $60 per reviewer. Okay. Um, and it's about 20 minutes each. Okay. So, and 20 minutes is plenty. Yeah. Uh, it's plenty, but... Yeah. I, most important thing you can do besides jot your own questions down because you will lose your way. Yeah. But to bring a notebook and take the best notes you can because it's it's like, you know, it's one of those things, it's like a job interview where you can't remember what you said. It is a blank afterwards. I mean, you remember the gist of it. Yeah. But you then have to if you're, if you're going to get anything out of it, I think you have to review those notes and remember what they said and little references they made. You know, and it's funny, I've seen everybody go in with business cards. Well, I'm not sure they care about your business card. I feel like you should be much more in, interested in getting theirs. Um, you know, and old school rules like follow up with an email yeah. and try not to be cookie cutter about it. Mm. It shouldn't be like a job interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me. I really appreciated, <laughs> you know, no, you know, sort of talk about maybe a little bit. If you can get permission to stay in touch with someone, that's a great thing. But really, on, on what other plane do you get a chance to find out what someone whose opinion you respect, someone you have selected, yeah. what they think of your work? So I want to say on the the um, Cambridge Art, they've got like forty plus reviewers to choose. From. Well, and they've always had a good number, um, but I have to say this year, I I did not do it last fall, but they did have a portfolio review in the fall, and uh, it had to be remote. Yeah, and. You know, I liked the hubbub of everyone going in and there was like, we used to call it the waiting tank where all the artists would be waiting for their, you know, time and oh, 11 o'clock, you know, bing, the bell. 
bell rings and you go into this massive room okay. with tables where you find your reviewer, you, you know, sit down in those days, you shake hands, sit down, I'm not sure yeah. what we'll do now. We'll, yeah. we'll have to smile pretty with, with our eyes um, <laughs> if it's ever in person again. And then you'd have the conversation. Now that's pretty great because you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation about your art with someone who really is not going to talk about anything except your art. You're not going to find out what they had for lunch. No, you're just get right to it. Now, having gone remote, they did it using Zoom, and they were able to put people into private rooms. Um, the work was submitted, I believe, ahead of time. I know there's a format. I haven't gotten into it yet. But it was a huge success. People loved it. Yeah. And what I talked to Erin Becker, the director. What she said was it allowed her to reach wider in asking people to review okay. because they weren't going to have to travel yeah. into Boston or Cambridge to do it. So, I mean, there was some, did you look at the list? There were some phenomenal names. The art critic from the Boston Globe was doing it. And I thought, oh, let's leave that to the high and mighty. <laughs> That's not my speed, though. Um, but what a great opportunity and a lot of good gallerists and a lot of um, museum directors. Mm. You know, those are pretty. I mean, who, who, you just don't have access to people. Right. And honestly, I always think about it from their point of view. Yeah. How great to be able to just talk to someone who's asking you yeah. for feedback. You know, 20 minutes at a shot flies by. Once again, I would like to underscore the importance of those notes. Right. I also think everybody should commit to reviewing their notes. Yes, yes, we all go home and read them again that night. Well, but you know, you want to check in with yourself a month later, six months later. I suppose like, I mean, we're on Zoom now. If I wanted to remember those, I'd turn on my phone and do the recording of And you um, could record it. Notes. Just record exactly. The voice, you know, not the whole... That's even better. Oh, that's brilliant. Just the voice, yeah. Well, maybe I'll so, do that. So how do you, like, decide, mm. um, I mean, how many, how many works do you bring, or are you allowed to show? Well, I think you have to take into consideration the time, right? Yeah. And so I think I've usually done maybe, well, it depends on what I've got and how big they are, maybe eight to 12. Um, the first time I did it, I actually brought in some of my smaller works in person. Okay. And then I had uh, images of the larger ones. Then I, I've seen a lot of people like the printmakers um, or the people who do works on paper. I'll see them bring, you know, the old black portfolios we all used to tote all over with the zipper, you know, and I see those great big portfolios come out and I know that it's either a photographer or a printer who's brought some of their actual work in. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing too about doing it remotely is you're not having to tote your work around. Yeah. Um, you know, you can show any size and, and it will, I mean, let's face it. If you are the average artist, that we would know. And you've chosen a mix of reviewers. Let's say somebody who's, I don't know, a museum director because they seem to have a lot of information and really have their finger on the pulse of things like residencies and, you know, whatever. It seems like residencies would be the obvious one there. But, you know, you, you choose that. You choose a gallery that you adore. And then maybe someone who's an educator who you, has a fine reputation and you've always 
hoped you could have access to. Well, you're going to probably ask different questions of those three. And depending on where you are in your career, you know, you kind of have to rise to a level where they um, can, I think they, what's the word I want? They try to give you what you're ready to absorb. Okay. You know, you have have to be met where you are. And, you know, we all make the mistake of thinking we're further (laughs) on the road. I was going to say, this is the perfect thing for that. Um, But so, so back up a second, do they critique each work piece by piece or do they do it? You want them to. Okay. You want them to. Um, I think it all depends on that, that initial ask question is what are you hoping to get from this yeah right all of that makes a difference you can say i'm working on this series of 12 paintings and i really want to hear what you think of them i want to know what and you know and then you have to be prepared to answer the question that every artist avoids i mean how many great artist statements have you ever read I find, you know, the more wordy and esoteric they are, the less I tend to like the work most times. But, you know, a nice, clean, direct statement of purpose is a good thing. This is doing that verbally. You have to come up with, and you have to know the why, right? That's the thing. That's a real turning point, I think, for artists. And I know it's a big turning point in the conversation you can have about your art. If you're just painting barns and boy, you paint the prettiest barns. In fact, a lot of your barns look alike and you're painting barn after barn after barn. They can be beautiful, Mm -hmm. but the question is, what are you saying? Maybe you're not saying anything. Maybe you've just got to say, I love being outside and painting plein air and Afternoon light is what I want to paint. Okay, that's one level. But if you wanted to grow, you kind of need to think about, is your art a vehicle for saying anything more? Mm -hmm. And I think a good reviewer very quickly is going to figure out where you are. Mm -hmm. Are you just wondering, did I get the afternoon light right? Yeah. Or are you, you know, saying something about, the change in society and how there's so few barns left and you feel like this is a record or are you, you know, so you kind of have to figure the more, the more uh, you have to say, the more you've thought about this, Mm -hmm. I think the more meaningful conversation you'll have. But that isn't to say that someone who's just wondering if their paintings are good and sellable doesn't have just as good a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, It's just, what do you want from it? There's no wrong answer. If someone says, I don't ever want to sell a painting, but I'd love my paintings to get better, then their reviewers are going to be very different than the person that says, "Um, I've been thinking about this and I've been doing this a long time and I kind of, I feel like this body of work needs to be seen by a lot of people because of what I have to say. I mean, that's another conversation entirely, you know, and there's no right or wrong. It's okay to be a hobbyist who's trying to improve. You might want to spend your money finding the teacher who's going to help you get there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah right. 
But I'll, what I do know is your friends are never going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Your family's never going to tell you the and truth. And that's the danger <laughs> of the critique groups and why you want something more um, yeah. narrowed. Yeah. And to be able to, I think it's fascinating that you can do your research and, and you know, request to have someone that you really want to review you. Um, but even, even so, know so much more about them when you get there. And that would help you to, to really pinpoint and direct, you know, what you think they're going to, uh, you know, asking your questions to get the best possible feedback. That, that you know, and, and that's where it takes all that thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's one thing to just, what, what was the example I used? Just keep painting, you know, three peaches in a bowl. Mm-hmm. But that's a, it's a different conversation. This is the opportunity, if you want it, to have either that or more. It's kind of great. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, yeah, it's. I think just doing something like this regularly and or applying for, you know, whatever, a residency, a grant or something, not necessarily with, yes, you want it, of course, but the process of going through is, I would say, equally valuable because it really forces you to present yourself with questions that other people are going to have and, and just focus in and laser focus on what am I doing? Why am I doing? Where am I going? You yeah. Know, Why am I doing it? Where am I going? Is You just nailed it. And at the same time, like we all have to be respectful of the fact that a lot of people don't know and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. right? They're just, they're just sort of, I don't know. I think of them as sort of on a more straightforward or like an, simpler path because just painting and enjoying it right and wondering what other people think of it is fine yeah like there's that's fine there's a place for that um what's the surprise is that anyone ever gets beyond that right then it becomes more then it becomes like it's a passion and it involves more than just paint and color and line it, it's like something that you put your heart and soul into it and then there becomes the all-consuming <laughs> right. I, I i love that all-consuming part it's, it's fleeting it's true there is a there is a turning point you know you start for for some people not for everyone but you know like you say just being the hobbyist and doing it for fun is great but at some point when that obsessive <laughs> compulsive <gasps> part kicks in and and it's something you you find you can't live without you know, um, but getting back to the review and um, and our critique yeah. and all that, you know, it helps to. I think you mentioned this um, creative vocabulary, right? It's going to help you to create that vocabulary to talk about your work when you have the big show. <laughs> and well, and isn't that like okay? I know that we were going to talk a little bit about like crit groups is another form of getting feedback, but. All of these things build. Yeah. It's not just, a, well, maybe it is. Some people would say it's enough to just put a beautiful painting on the wall. You don't have to say anything. The painting says it all. Well, that's fine. But if you're trying to explain your work, yeah. um, and right now, if you think about it, how great is it when you read you know, in an art magazine or wherever, um, an artist who really can give you more to think about with their work. Like you read it and you go, oh, and then you look and now you appreciate it at another level. It's deeper. It just is. Um, 
And honestly, how much more exciting is that as the you as the artist if you start to be able to articulate yes. what it is? And and you know what? Before that can come, you have to have spent the time thinking about that. And I think these things take a long time to develop because sometimes it's just an inkling or like something that kind of hooks your attention. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that we keep talking about these levels of attention, right? Because it's like, just like picking up the brush is rewarding enough for a while. And then you want the painting to be better. And then you want the painting to say something. And then you realize it's not just that painting, but it's the next painting that comes after it that continues the conversation. And how about as a collector? As a collector, how much more enjoyable is it to buy? We always say, People love to buy paintings from artists they know something about. That's true. But how great if you actually can understand what the artist was saying and kind of you can look at it in a different way. That's what I think builds the body of work. It it builds the enjoyment of the work. It's more satisfying for the artist. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talked about that obsessiveness, I live for that feeling. Yeah. Like, I just... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> the runner's high. <laughs> remember I said six hours was a lot. I remember those days when it would be 12 or 18 hours. Oh, that was great. One so. thing I love on Instagram is artists who can articulate really concisely and just right to the point about something they post. I, I just, I, I just drool over, um, you know, there's just some artists who are, and then there's some that just ramble on and it's like, you don't want to read any of it. Nobody does. Can you think of an example? Do you have somebody you know who like... Well, I think for one that comes to mind is Dina Brodsky. I mean, she's all over Instagram right now and she's just really hitting the, I think, the pinnacle of her career. But not even, and just her, um, she she writes very few words um, and actually her photos and the way that she presents her work is also phenomenal. Um, and she shares a lot of other people's works, too, because she does a, a podcast. Oh, isn't that good? Yeah. But that sharing is important. It is, yeah. And, and then there's some people that I actually will read because of the way they're talking about their art. Anyway, just, just kind of got off on a tangent there. But creating, yeah, creating that vocabulary to be able to to talk about your work. I know when I've been at the series gallery and I've had, you know, people, you've probably had this down at your soa. So, you know, you have people come and they say, tell me about this piece. Yeah. You better have something to tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. They want and the story. They want your connection. They want, you know, something more. And um, this one woman was walking around. In fact, I was there the other day and she was walking around and, I wasn't gallery sitting, someone else was, and they said, um, can I help, what did she, how did she word it? Very nicely, can I help you make a decision? Because she clearly was really studying. She said, I'll know when it speaks to me, you know? Oh, <laughs> Lord. Like, but if you're there, you can kind of help them a little bit, right? Give them something that they're looking for. What is it you're, you you want to hear? <laughs> you know, my, uh, my studio mate, uh, Megan Weeks, paints a lot Uh, of scenes of snow and and they're often up in New Hampshire, you know, where she spends some time. And if she's not in the studio and someone will come in, you know, in the old days during open studios, uh, they'll come in and I can't tell you how many times they've asked me, oh, where is that? And I think I've got to get, I've got to get a map marked because the 
other thing they'll do is they'll look and they'll say, oh, I know that spot. I've skied. And I think, maybe, sure. And I just have no clue. And you're right. People love being able to like get like, tell me about it. Yeah. Ooh, what day but, was But it's even day? better to let them associate. You just you just agree with them. Yes, that's that spot. <laughs> well, yeah, now you're talking for sure. I, you know, it's look, it's all part of the... Um, not embellishment. Maybe you embellish the experience for them, but yeah. they definitely, people love it when they can find something they relate to in a painting. Yeah, I feel that way when I'm painting it, like there's always one little spot. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> that place. Yeah. But anyway, I love that point about the vocabulary. You're absolutely right. Being able to speak about your work. People always say, oh, I'm not a good writer. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, you're a pretty good talker. I bet you could just put that down on paper sure. and yeah but this is we could spend our lifetime getting to the point where we can speak well about the work we produce yeah but it makes it just that much richer an experience right yeah i agree i agree so if anyone wants information about this particular review they can go to cambridgeart.org is that right um, I think so. It's Cambridge Art Association. And if you go to the website, it will appear. These, the next review, the one that I'm doing, is happening at the end of April. I think it's like the 24th and 25th. It's always a Saturday and Sunday. And I'm, I think I remember from years past, registration will go certainly through March. And um, as reviewers fill their slots it will say you know that they don't have any availability so you can see yeah who's there but honestly it's like that last minute switch hit that i got and it turned out to be one of the best most timely pieces of advice so right, right. i don't think you should worry too much Let's about that. just for a minute about or two about critique group sure. in general oh yeah uh, the only one i've ever participated in um, has been online and that's because they used to meet in person and then COVID and when they met in person I was I was unable to to go just mm-hmm. because of the time in place but now that it's online I've been able to join and it's kind of a local group of people that I I know right artists that I know um, but I don't think that you know it's nice it's more of just a pat on the back right it's not really at least this one for me it's not um, it's not a lot of valuable feedback what I would call right so I know your experience with it you had talked about your group once yeah and I'll be honest we it must be something about you know conservative cautious New Englanders (laughs) once COVID hit we all said see you on the other side (laughs) (laughs) right right. and every now and then i see an email and we someone will copy the group on it and you know it will basically maybe it'll show work someone's done or whatever and it'll say i can't wait till we get back to it and i think we all feel that way but ours is well there's two factions in the group I will tell you that. Uh, There's one faction that really enjoys having this group of, there's probably, gosh, there's got to be 16 artists on the list. I'd say about six or eight show up every week. There's lots of people who just want to stay on the list to see the work when it gets put up. Weekly or monthly? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the first Monday of every month. Okay, monthly. I was going to say. And we did it at dinner time. Okay. And we rotated houses, and every, uh-huh. it was like a potluck. Um, if it was 
the host made something for dinner and everybody would then, you know, bring a salad or some wine or whatever. Uh, but as social and book groupy as that sounds, I have to say there was a certain amount of discipline because before dinner, everyone had to show their work. Now, one of the problems we got into is that there were, for different reasons, some people who literally for three years I'd been going and I never saw their work. They just never, they always never brought anything, which is fine, except I'm not sure you should be allowed to critique harshly if you're not bringing some work in. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, no. So that was interesting. That was very, very interesting. I'd say for the most part, it was a supportive group, but... This may be true of, of any review. I think if someone asked for the quote-unquote harsh review, they would okay. get it. Okay. Because there were plenty of people who, you know, you don't want to devastate yeah. a painter who's become your friend. On the other hand, if someone sort of put up a painting and said, look, I've been staring at this one for a month. I can't seem to, what should I do? I would tell you that our group would say, you're right. Take it down, have it face the wall. Don't look at it for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Move yeah. on. And, and everybody could take that. And other times there are, like, we have some abstract artists and, like, they'll put something up. And I'm never really, I'm not a good critic for abstract art, except I can see if there's a composition problem, okay. sure. you know, color composition. So I think we sort of critique based on that. But everybody, there's an easel, everybody pops their work up, everyone gives a little feedback, kind of you give the artist whatever it is they're asking for. Like, can you tell me what I'm doing wrong? Do you think this is going in a good direction? I was plein air painting two weeks ago. This is what I did. What do you think? Everybody will give their two cents worth. And it's just one, one work. No, sometimes there's more than one. More than one. But I'd say nobody really spends more than 10 minutes on the block. It's about an hour on the block. to an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes of, <laughs> of chatting. Oh. Chatting. I, yeah, I don't think I'm... They, they probably... Mm, they probably shake their heads at me because I'm not always, I'm happy to share what I'm doing, but I'm not always looking for feedback. Right. Because it's like some, you know, I don't want somebody filling in the puzzle for me. Yeah. A lot of times I just kind of, I'll know when I get stuck, if I have a problem, I'll ask. But for the most part, I just, I enjoy showing sort of what I've been doing. And I don't know. I'm I, not as. Yeah. For me, it's hard to show something in process because you've got the next six moves in your head, you know, and you don't want somebody to say, oh, you need to. Well, yeah, I'm, it's on the list, right? So, so I don't know. Do you do in process but, mostly or how do you? Oh, both. Or? I'd say there's a certain pressure. There's a whole lot of talk about how someone just finished this this weekend because they knew they had to come to crit group. <laughs> so, you know, deadlines work for all of us. What can I say? Um, but I was going to tell you, you know, lately my favorite critique has been um, because I have a studio mate, you know, we're on sort of opposite sides of the studio, but we will paint and then say, oh my gosh, tell me what's wrong. And like, I'll, I'll walk over and I'll say, yeah. you know, I think you're, You've got everything right, but you just you've missed all those highlights on this 
side of the building. And if you can tie it together and she'll be like, oh, and then she'll try it. Because sometimes it's just that I love having a pair of fresh eyes. Yes. Especially if, if it's the eyes of someone whose opinion I value. Right, right. Very important. And, and that's, that's a treat. That's a treat. Because Megan will say to me, you've just, you just got to hit that whole thing with like a bright yellow. And I think yellow. And she's like, just do it. And I think, all right. And <laughs> you know what? I may paint over that yellow because right. I'll try it most times if I'm not so deep into my ego. Um, and I'm, there may be just like the tiniest bit of it left at the end, but oftentimes it's, it gets me to see it in a new way. I love that. Yeah, I, I think everybody should have at least one or two people that you value their opinion and you can shoot them a photo, even a text or something, say. Just, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I will even say it on the air. If anybody wants an opinion on anything and you really <laughs> are brave enough to let me see it, I will give a, an opinion on anything. I just, I love looking at art. I do. Yeah. So do. these teachers like, I interviewed. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, I, I'm so bad with names, but they're here in New Hampshire, and they're they're uh, junior high school art teachers, and they share oh, work. And um, now I'm gonna have to look up their names. I feel terrible, but as I'm talking, I'll tell you. Um, they had some really interesting. They found that teaching art. They did journals with the kids. They did some really out of the box things that I would consider out of the box for, you know, public school art. And um, one of the things was that they did a lot of critique, which is tricky in general, um, but for junior high age, I thought, how in the world did you ever pull that off? And the way they did it, and after they told me, I can't even find them on here, after they told me, I thought, wouldn't this be fabulous for adults? But everybody took a pad of sticky notes and they wrote their thoughts down and put them, you know, nobody was ever harsh, but they would always, and these kids really developed a language to be able to critique and to, to you know, share ideas generously, uh, cautiously, and they all loved it. They could not wait to get their little bag full of green notes or whatever color, and read through, you know, comments, which were, of course, not just critique, but she said you had to do a positive and a potential, you know, something that could be improved, something that you think might improve this work. What I like about that is that you wouldn't get just a bunch of, you know, seventh grade girls going, oh, I really like everything. Right. Because, you know, we tend to, we want to be kind. Um, yeah. But by saying, you know, and then give a, a remark that, you know, something with potential or something that could be right. improved. Right. So they, I feel like we could all do that exercise as adults and learn a lot. That's what I thought. I thought, you know, and it's anonymous to a degree. <laughs> Unless yeah. you really know someone's handwriting. <laughs> But I thought, wow, that was just, what a fabulous idea. I don't know if adults would ever go for it, but I thought. Oh, I bet they would. I mean, any adult who does a crit group goes for it. Yeah, anonymous critique. Here it is. Jess Dickey and Sarah Chase. Gosh, they're (gasps) lovely. So cute. Um, Sound like good teachers. Artists of God's sakes. I just turned on my thing. Deerfield Community School. That's where they are in New Hampshire. And uh, just lovely, lovely girls. It's the way it should be, you know, sort of good, constructive 
insight. I mean, if you think about it, right, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. We all sort of, well, I think we all want to get better. I suppose there's some people that have enough ego that they don't want anybody's opinion, but they're not participating in things like group crits or um, portfolio reviews or, or even, you know, the individual one-on-one. That's something I did this winter. Okay. Tell us about that. I reached out to um, a woman who I knew she had participated as a reviewer in a portfolio review that had happened in the past. She owns a small gallery. Uh, She's a working artist herself. And I saw an exhibit that she curated. Laura, this thing was as far from my work as you could imagine or any, I mean, it was a lot of fabrics. It was wild and imaginative and three-dimensional. This exhibit was fun. I went through the whole thing just like it was it was one of those exhibits that's just a treat to walk through. You find yourself smiling the whole time. And I kind of had her in the back of my head. And so in the midst of COVID, I wrote her an email. I thought I have nothing to lose because having seen her curate the show, I really thought she has a unique perspective. And so I asked her if I could pay her and we could talk about work. It was really valuable, particularly, you know, with the dearth of feedback during quarantine, I felt like I was painting a lot and I, I couldn't quite get out of the paper bag I had myself in. It was a good experience. And I know other people that have done that. It's um, a remarkably common practice. You know, if there's someone who you think would have, an opinion for you, you can always reach out to them um, and ask. There's no harm in asking. And I think you should always um, make it clear that you're going to pay for their time Mm -hmm. because no professional should give their time away. It's just not a good practice, but yeah, that's kind of fun. I don't know. It all, it all look at the end of the day, you just sort of hope you have, um, not homework, but a little bit of a game plan mm-hmm. for you know what steps you're going to take to get yourself where you want to be. That's a really good. As point. I say that, yeah. I'm thinking I really do have to update my website. Maybe you could, <laughs> maybe you could hold me to that. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, we're going to give you a deadline here. I know, I know the the website. Um, I just I'm gonna say something. It's it left anyway. Um, just back to like I think it's really valuable to get feedback from people who are not just going to give you the pat on the back. I mean, the critique group I love. Um, I came a little bit out of the box yesterday and offered a little bit of suggestion because I kind of thought, what are we all doing here? Let's give each other a little, you know, a little push. So I felt like, you know, with my years of teaching uh, private violin lessons that, you know, you have to really handle kids gently. And so I feel like I've learned that. And so I kind of used, used those those methods and gave a little bit of, um, I think, helpful critique. But, you know, even even outside of that, even if you don't get that, sometimes it's the only uh, community you have to just talk shop, right? Right. Your spouse isn't going to really talk shop with you. And and sometimes, you know, your, your neighbor. Well, how, many t- how many times have you said to your significant other, oh, please, you like everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> or my poor husband will be like, oh, I really like that one. And I say, it's terrible. Oh, I <laughs> you know, like, when you love the craze, you, you ask your mother is the, the, the quote, right, that I've heard. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Well, that ship sailed. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to get any feedback. There. I know, me, me too. But I can oh. still, I can still hear her. You know, every every work that that I produced. Oh my gosh! So sometimes you just need that old mama love. Oh well, that's true. But I think, yeah, I think I think this is a really valuable thing that artists should do. And and we touched a little bit at the beginning. So you've done this for a while. So you think this is something that people should do periodically and regularly. Well, listen, I'm sure there are other people who move faster through the ranks. Um, I, you know, I'm just sort of settling in, I think, as a painter, like knowing my style and knowing what it is I'm trying to, being able to answer those questions. Um, I think, yeah, but it, I mean, it takes a lifetime till you hit those those spots where you feel confident and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it. I think it's all of these little things add up. I'm not saying everyone should do multiple portfolio reviews, but if you find yourself wanting to improve or wanting to springboard to the next step, I don't know how you do it without a little guidance. I mean, just a little guidance and I personally enjoy the practice of art more when I'm forced to use words <laughs> and I to agree. describe it. I agree. To think those thoughts and to come up with a vocabulary and maybe to even understand, I think it's really important, I'll, I'll just go out and say it, to really understand historical references. Mm. Like everyone knows, you know, sort of the top, I bet if you said name, you know, your five favorite artists or name the people you think of the five, everybody put down the same ones, even like the mail, my mailman would be able to say, you know, Sergeant <laughs> Michelangelo. No, he might not even know Sergeant, but oh, he'd know, you know, true. Leonardo. Well, a mailman in Boston better know Sergeant. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, understanding like where art comes from and where it's going. And I love when I'm talking to someone you know, again, to go back to my studio mate, if she listens to this, she's going to be banging her head against the wall, like, stop talking about me. But she knows more about Sargent because it's, you know, part of her work. She's a curator and a, she understands, Sargent's her, her man. Um, and she, it's phenomenal. She'll say, well, you know, when Sargent did this, this is how he did it. And mm. and I, I love looking at the references she's making. And I love sort of seeing who else was painting then. And I love thinking about where were the women. And, and you know there were women painting when all the Impressionists were painting. So right. who were the females that we just, you know, a spotlight didn't shine on? And what does their work look like? I mean, yeah. I mean as a woman who's, you know, picking up a brush every day, I think about others who have done it and the fact that you know it it's always been so much of a man's world that you kind of you have to you have to look harder to find the women who are painting then um but i love that that historical context and i think that helps too if you're in a review and you're reviewing your work with someone to be able to make references to what you 
like and admire what you think you've learned from seeing a certain painting or it's kind of, it just, it's a richer experience. I think that's the truth. Yeah. Love it. I don't know. It sure is fun. Well, I think this was a fun chat and definitely. I feel like I have so much work to do now. (laughs) Now that I've said all that, I feel like, Oh, well, at least get that website going first. There you go. You know what I find with that? My website. Because when I think about it as like, oh my gosh, I've got to work on the website. I think of this three or four hours slugging it out in the ring. And if I just say to myself every day, every other day, once a week for X amount of time, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm going to get on there and do something. That to me, it's like just, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But to me, to, to think about getting on there and fixing it is overwhelming. <laughs> like the whole thing. Well, chip, chip. You're right. And then, honestly, do you ever, I do this all the time, do you ever think about it and think, I've spent t- so much time thinking about it and avoiding it. <laughs> I should have just done it. Because every single time when I sit down and I just do it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's like, gee, it was so much bigger in my head. <laughs> and mm, it's a good lesson for just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, I'm, this is, I'm going to make another one of my generalizations here, but <laughs> Art during the time of COVID, I sort of think, oh, I should really spend this month, you know, I should get my website updated. And then I kind of think about it for a moment or two. And I say, nah, I'd rather paint today. (laughs) And so I I walk in the other direction. And I'll tell you, Laura, I do not feel guilty. I feel like, okay, I made the choice. I'm perfectly happy painting because... This tree against this bridge on this day is exactly where I want to be. So, <laughs> I like it. Got to be know, life is self-indulgent. That's right. All right, so 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 maybe we'll be able to get to the point where we can critique each other's work. Imagine the day we get to meet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only live an hour apart, and we will. We will. We'll meet in person. We should do something like epic. We should, you know. Meet in front of the Sargent painting. Well, the you know, I had um, I had the first annual Artists of New England plein air paint out. I think I called it, and then COVID oh. hit. COVID hit for the second one, so I didn't do it. But I I did intend to do one this spring. So we should find a beautiful place to meet in the middle to do a plein oh, air paint great. out. Maybe in May. I don't know what's safe. You know what I'm dying to paint. I'm just itching to paint the Old North Bridge. Oh, one if by land, two if by sea. I think. Plus, you know, there's something to be said for setting up at any of the national historical sites because there's usually parking. There's always a bathroom. It's it's you know there's a little bit of history involved. And if you go, you know, morning, you can get there when there aren't too many people. Great idea. I told John I wanted to paint um, Walden Pond. Mm. And he just looked at me and he was like, yeah, you're going to park, park your car where? Way up in that upper I, lot and then truck all your stuff down. And I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> I grew up swimming there before the park. Did you? Oh, yeah. I grew up in Maine. Did you ever swim out in the middle where it's super deep, the kettle pond? I don't think so. It's supposed to be cold. Because I'm not a great swimmer. I, I wouldn't have gone that far. Mm-mm. Oh, and please don't. 
But we will. We will definitely. Plan. This is where the open. The plein air. Yeah. yeah. It'll be great. Yes. All right. Yeah, we should invite a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I told Paul we were all going to come to the Cape. Ah. <laughs> okay. I said, Paul, someday this summer, I think any of us who can should just drive down there and we'll paint in person. Oh, and he said, we've done that. And we've gotten two models. We paint them out on the beach. And I thought, okay. Nice. I like that idea. Yeah, now you're intrigued. A lot. All right. We'll stay on that thread. We'll stay on that All right, go to work. List. All right, you too. Have a great week. Hey. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.